Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. My title for today is this, Raised to Life. Oof, that's good, isn't it? We're going to talk about that today because we've got some baptisms and that's kind of what we're doing. Um, But uh, if you were here last week, Stephen did a very good job at introducing to us our new, um, the book of the Bible that we're focusing on at the moment. It's a book called Colossians. Uh, Great name for a book. It was a place, Colossi, Colossi. And uh, Stephen read through the whole book last Sunday and only took 17 minutes, didn't it? 17 minutes. And um, I want to pick out one verse for us today that we're going to look at and then I want to talk about to you. And it's this, Colossians 1, 27. So if you have a Bible, feel free to, uh, to turn there, 127. If you don't have a Bible, but somebody next to you has, you could sort of peer over their shoulder and... Uh, like, like you're not supposed to in a test, but you're allowed this morning. You can have a look at what they're reading. <laughs> so Colossians 1.27, it's in the New Testament. And there's a, it's after, if you know the rhyme, go eat popcorn, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. So that's where it is. Go past the Gospels, past Acts, past Romans. And there we've got Colossians, okay? So Colossians 1.27 uh, says this. To them... God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles this, the glorious riches of this mystery, ooh, mystery, which is this, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Okay, that's, that's the verse. Has anybody heard that verse before? Christ in you, the hope of glory. A few people. Okay, let me read this in the message because sometimes the message is quite helpful at saying things in language that we understand a bit more. And, uh, and I like this. It says this, this mystery has been kept in the dark for a long time, but now it's out in the open. God wanted everyone, not just Jews, to know this rich and glorious secret inside and out, regardless of their background, regardless of their religious standing. The mystery, in a nutshell, is just this. Christ is in you. So therefore, you can look forward to sharing in God's glory. It's that simple. This is the substance of our message. It's good, isn't it? I like that version. So I'm going to hopefully try and unpack what does this mean? What does it mean to have Christ in you? What does that mean? Who is Christ? (laughs) Um, What does that look like? And to understand this, first, I want to take us right back to the beginning of everything Um, right at the start of our Bible was the first four words of Genesis. Genesis is the first book in the Bible. It says, in the beginning, God. Okay, we have to start with God. Um, We read in those first couple of chapters of Genesis how God created everything. He didn't just create the earth, but he created the universe, the stars, the galaxies. He spoke things into being. He said, let there be light. And there was light, he said, uh, he created the, the animals and the fish and everything. He created everything. He was a God who was creative. He was a God who spoke. And he, was, he is God who is Father, Son, and Spirit. Has anybody heard of the Trinity? Father, Son, Spirit, God. It's, it's a, a big concept, but God is like three people, but he's also one person. But we see that in Genesis. Genesis 1 uh, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And they said, the spirit of God was hovering over the water. So the spirit was there. In John 1, chapter, uh, John chapter 1, 1 to 5, it says, in the beginning was the word. 
That word, the word, means Jesus. It's a name of Jesus, the word. The word was with God and the word was God. So in the beginning, we have God, we have Holy Spirit, we have Jesus, we have Father. The whole of God is there at the beginning. And what he does is he makes all of creation and then the pinnacle, the, the, the icing on the cake, if you like, the masterpiece, the, the most amazing thing of creation is he creates man and woman, he creates Adam and Eve. And it was so good that he kind of, after that, he was like, oh, I'm finished. Took a day off. <laughs> but he created Adam and Eve. And uh, it says in, in uh, Genesis, uh, Genesis 2.7, he said he breathed life into them. And interestingly, that word, the breathe, that breath, is the same word that's used to describe the Holy Spirit. God's breath, the Holy Spirit. So he breathes life into Adam and Eve. Okay? So God's there, Father, Son, Spirit. He creates everything. Then he creates Adam and Eve. And he's like, this is amazing. The best thing ever. And he makes this garden for them, the Garden of Eden. Has anybody heard of the Garden of Eden? Um, Eden means pleasure or delight or paradise. Sounds like a good place to live. (laughs) If I was Adam, I'd be quite happy about living in Eden. Um, It was paradise and it's because God presents himself with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. He was uh, in a relationship with them. They lived together in the garden. It was a place of paradise and God was there and they could chat to him. They could sort of come alongside him. He was there with them in the garden. And uh, in the middle of the garden was... Now, when we talk about this bit, lots of people say in the, it was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's kind of what they remember. There was two trees in the middle of the garden. One was the tree of life. And then the other was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God said, you can eat from the tree of life. And it says later on in uh, Genesis 3.22, that eating from the tree of life, they would live forever. That's what it said. It says, you can eat from the tree of life, but don't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Said, you can do everything else, but there's this one tree. Don't eat from it. Eat from the tree that gives you eternal life, <laughs> but don't eat from this other tree. And uh, God's desire, right from the beginning, for man and woman, for Adam and Eve, his desire for his people was to presence himself with them. You're going to hear these words a lot today presence himself, to give them a purpose. He said to Adam and Eve, look after the garden, cultivate it, grow things. Presence, purpose, to provide for them, to give them peace and to give them power. Okay, five Ps, because all the best preachers alliterate things, apparently. So there you go. Ps, five Ps, presence, purpose, provision, peace and power. And this was the glory that God wanted for his people. We talk about Christ in you, the hope of glory. This was the glory, God's presence, God's provision, God's purpose, God's peace, God's power, okay? His children made in his image, in his likeness, living with them and in him. And then uh, we, we know, don't we, that along comes Satan as a snake. Does anybody like snakes? Most people don't like snakes. They're not very nice. Well, I don't know. I guess they have a purpose, but they're not very nice. Is anybody watching I'm a Celebrity? <laughs> Often you get in a box of snakes and people just freak out, don't they? Anyway, along comes the snake, it's Satan. And he, he goes up to them and he's like, did, um, 
God, God doesn't mind actually if you eat from this tree. He says, okay, and actually if you eat like the tree, you'll be just like God. That's what he says. And um, tragically, Adam and Eve, they, they choose to listen to this lie that the snake that Satan tells them. Um, the bigger tragedy is that it, we've already read that God made Adam and Eve just like him. They were made in his likeness, in his image. So the devil was like, you could be just like God, but they already were. But they chose to listen to him. And they chose, and that's really important because God didn't make Adam and Eve to just be like um, robots that are pre-programmed to do everything that God has decided. But he gave them free will. He gave them the ability to choose what to do. And they chose to listen to Satan. Uh, They listened to his lie. They made a bad choice. Um, And so at that point, when they turned away from God and from his will, this thing called sin entered the world. Now, you might have heard of sin, maybe in a Weight Watchers context. Is it Weight Watchers or uh, what's the other one? Slim World, whatever the context is. But this is S-I-N, sin. And this thing called sin entered the world. Um, Sin basically is, is choosing to turn away from God. It's choosing to turn away from God's best for us and following our own heart's desires. And that's what Adam and Eve did. They had the chance to live forever in paradise, in the presence of God, but they chose not to. And so after this, God said that Adam and Eve, they, they couldn't live in the garden anymore. Um, they couldn't no longer live with God in his presence because he was holy. God is holy, um, but they were now not. Sin and God, they're like opposites, polar opposites. And so this separation came between God and between man and woman, and they lost their purpose, they lost their peace, they lost their power, they lost the presence of God, um, but he still loved them unconditionally. There's no question about it, despite them doing wrong. Fast forward a little bit of time, and uh, we're introduced to this guy called Abraham. Has anybody heard of Abraham? Father Abraham had many sons, yeah? Um, and God, um, he made what's called a covenant with Abraham. A covenant is like a word for a promise. You know, if you've got married, there's something called like the marriage covenant and you sign it. It's like a promise that I'm going to be married to you forever. God made a covenant with a few people. and He started with, um, well, he, he made a covenant with Abraham. And it was a promise that Abraham would be the father of many nations and that he would inherit God's promised land. Okay, it's a little bit like Eden, the promised land. It's kind of like all of the promises God had in this land and that he would inherit it. And this is what happens. Abraham, he had many, many sons and formed this nation. They were kind of known as like God's people. And we kind of follow this journey of God's people making their way to the promised land. Um, he made two other covenants, two other promises with um, some guys, one called Moses. Have you heard of Moses? Baby in a basket. Um, he made a promise all about law, okay? So a promise about land with Abraham, more alliteration for you here. A promise about law with Moses. And then he also made a covenant or a promise with David. And that was a promise for a king that was going to come and to make it alliterate, lineage, okay? Law, land, lineage. So God made these covenants. Thanks, Steve. Let's talk about Moses, when Moses was there, um, you know the story about God's people being in Egypt and they were um, sort of being put to work by Pharaoh in Egypt. It's really hot. They're in chains sometimes. And, uh, 
And God said to Moses, I want you to lead my people out of Egypt into the promised land. Sounds like a good deal. So, um, so they, they did just that. Moses led his people out of Egypt and they're on their way out. And then they got to this, um, the Red Sea, this water. And all of a sudden, the water just went and it, and it parted. Has anybody ever seen that happen in real life? I've never seen that happen. But um, they're walking along. God made a way. He opened this water so that his people could pass through onto the other side, into the promised land. And as the enemy was trying to trace them down at the end, they all were buried and kind of like swallowed up in the water. And God's people were free, which is amazing. And into the promised land they went. And they spent quite a long time wandering around this desert and um, doing stupid things, really. <laughs> not, not really obeying God all the time. Um, one of the things that they did was they were carrying around this thing called the Ark of the Covenant. Has anybody heard of the Ark of the Covenant? Yeah, if you've seen Indiana Jones, you might have seen the Ark of the Covenant. It's this big golden box. Um, and inside this big golden box, the presence of God lived. It was amazing. So you've gone from the presence of God being in the garden, kind of being everywhere. And all of a sudden now, the presence of God is in this golden box. And God's people carried around the Ark of the Covenant with them because they wanted to be with God, really. So they carried it around the desert. And every now and again, they would sort of stop and make camp and the, the Ark would be put into a tent. And um, certain special holy people were allowed to go near it, but most people weren't. And the ark was in the tent. A bit later on, they decided we should build a temple for God's presence. So they built this temple. They put the ark of the covenant in the temple, inside a room, inside a room, inside a room. And they made this big curtain that was like huge, really thick. And they put this curtain in front of the ark of the covenant because God's presence was to be restricted to only certain people at certain times. There's a lot of rules and like things about getting near to God's presence, okay? That God's people were near God, but not in his presence. That was the difference. In the garden, they were in his presence. Now they were just sort of near it. And then for the rest of the Old Testament, through books of history and wisdom and prophecy, we read about how God's people, they kept disobeying these covenants because they were cheeky. Um, but they were still loved by God. And uh, God still loved his people so, so much. And we've got this story of these people that they're trying to do everything they can to be with God again, following these rules and ceremonies, doing their best to please God, but ultimately failing a lot of the time and messing up doing things their own way. Who's heard of Jesus? Yeah, okay. So along comes Jesus a bit of time later. Jesus was this... Um, a promised king who was born in the most humble of ways in a manger in a little stable in a little town of Bethlehem. Um, he was a king who rode into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey, not in a chariot. He was a king who washed his disciples' feet and served them rather than the other way around. He, unlike most natural earthly kings, he did everything quite differently. And Jesus came to fulfill these Old Testament covenants of law, land, and lineage. He fulfilled them all. Everything was sort of like completed in this person, Jesus. 
And actually, in the person of Jesus, God decided to make this new covenant. And this was the promise of rescue and the promise of renewal. A covenant that God would make with his people, unlike any of the previous covenants. Um, It would bring with it forgiveness of sins. It would uh, renew people's hearts and their relationship with God. This was a covenant of love. Okay. Jesus was the Messiah, which means the divinely appointed king. He was the savior and the redeemer. And God had planned all along to send his son Jesus to save his people. Jesus was there right at the beginning with God when he created everything. Um, One of the names of Jesus is Emmanuel, which means God with us. We sing about that at Christmas. He was God being present with his people as a person. Just like what we saw back in the garden, God present with his people. This is now who Jesus was. Colossians 2.9 says, For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. And that's who he was. Jesus was God. All the fullness of God inside a human body. Um, Jesus came to show us what God was like, to show us what his father was like. John 49, whoever has seen me has seen the father. That's what Jesus said. And when he was on the earth, what did he do? Well, Acts 10, 37 to 38 sums this up very well. He says, Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. So he went around, he did good things. He was a good man and he healed everybody and uh, God was with him. Uh, He set people free. He brought peace. One of the things that God wants for us, he brought peace. He gave people purpose. He showed people how God was a provider. He demonstrated the power of God through miracles and signs and wonders. The blind all of a sudden could see. (laughs) I've never seen that. I'd love to see it though. Blind people seeing. Lame people walking. Deaf people hearing. Dead people being raised to life. Hey. (laughs) All of the things that God intended for us were now coming on earth in the person of Jesus. This was awesome. He did all of this, really importantly, after he was baptized in water and baptized in or filled with the Holy Spirit. He didn't do any of the stuff until he was baptized in water and filled with the Holy Spirit. Without the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, he couldn't do any of these things. Um, one of the things Jesus did was he called, uh, he, he asked these 12 very ordinary guys to follow him. They were called the disciples. Heard of the disciples? Matthew, uh, well, I'm not going to list them all. <laughs> Judas is the one that a lot of people remember because he was the uh, traitor. Anyway, he called these the, the normal people. Why did he call normal people? I think it's because he wants us to know that everybody can follow him. You don't have to be really clever or like earn a lot of money or in the right social class. You don't have to do any of those things. Ordinary people like me, like most of us, we can all follow Jesus. He made it really simple for them. He said, follow me, watch what I do and do what I do. Um, the, a, a disciple is simply somebody who follows, learns from, imitates, is a bit like an apprentice. 
Um, Jesus' message that he preached was this, God loves you and he wants to presence himself with you. He wants you to have peace, purpose, provision and power. That's his message. Um, Luke 4, 18 to 19, Jesus says this, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news. Does anybody need good news? Goodness me, what a world it is at the minute. We need good news. Jesus says he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for prisoners. If you feel like a prisoner, if you feel like there's something that's holding you back today, Jesus has come to say there's freedom for you and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, provision, abundance, power, presence. So Jesus was this amazing guy, really amazing. And at the end of his earthly ministry, he gave up his life on a cross. And everybody was like, how is this happening? This guy's been walking around, doing good, healing people, raising people with the dead. And all of a sudden, he's been nailed to a cross and put to death. And they couldn't believe it. Well, this is the thing. The Bible says that the penalty of sin, this thing that entered the world right at the beginning, the penalty of that was death. And the only way that God could be truly satisfied that sin was dealt with was that somebody who was without sin would take on all of our sin, my sin, your sin, the whole world, everybody's sin, past, present, future, take it all on himself and be put to death. And that's what Jesus did. And when Jesus died, you remember the big thick curtain that was in the temple that was stopping people from getting near to God's presence? It says in the Bible that the moment that Jesus died, this curtain, which was literally feet thick, so, so thick, this curtain was completely torn in two, top to bottom. I don't know how that's possible other than God tore it. Jesus Christ died and the thing that was separating his people from his presence all of this time was torn in two and completely removed. And all of a sudden, he made a way for everybody to be in his presence again. Jesus Christ made a way for me and for you to be brought right into the presence of God. His original plan was for us to be in his presence. He made a way and he did that. Think back to God's people walking through the Red Sea, out of Egypt and into the promised land. The sea parting is a picture of the curtain tearing and God's people going into his promises, his promised land. It's also a picture of baptism. When we are baptised, when we go down into the water, looking at you guys, this is happening today, your old life, everything that was holding you back, the stuff we've done wrong, the things that we're sorry for, all of the things that make us feel like terrible people, all of it is completely cut off, buried in the water, and we are raised up into brand new life because of what Jesus did. And that's what baptism is. Elvis. That's what baptism is. It's our old life completely gone, being raised into a new life. 
God's people didn't need to be separated from his presence anymore. Jesus made a way for us all to be brought into relationship with him, with God. The thing that he desired right from the beginning. Jesus, that I'm not finished. Jesus then came, overcame, sorry. He was raised to dead. He overcame sin and death. He rose to new life, completely victorious and triumphant. He crushed the head of the enemy. And that's important because that was another one of God's promises or covenants right back at the start to Adam and Eve. Sin entered the world and God says to Eve, basically, your offspring will crush the head of the enemy. And that's what happened. The cross was driven into the ground. It crushed the head of the enemy. Nothing could hold Jesus down. Then what happens is Jesus ascends to heaven but he says this before he goes he says to his disciples his followers people that follow Jesus I include myself in that I follow Jesus if you're a Christian this includes you he says stay here all together and wait because I'm going to send someone who's going to fill you and is going to enable you to do even greater things than what I've done they must have been like how is that possible how is it possible to do even greater things than Jesus? Like the person that overcame sin and death, how is that possible? Well, you might know the story of Pentecost, but all of his followers were there in the room and the Holy Spirit came. The same Holy Spirit who was there at the beginning, hovering over the water, the same Holy Spirit who was breathed in the life of Adam and Eve, he breathed, God breathed him. That same Holy Spirit fills the disciples, the church. This is like the birth of the church. They were a group of people following Jesus, but now they've all of a sudden received this power and life that the Holy Spirit gives. And out they go. They're filled with power. They go and they start seeing people coming to find Christ in themselves. They're seeing miracles and healings. All of the things that Jesus did, they're now doing. It wasn't just one man doing it for everybody else. But he has now filled everybody. He's filled his church. So there's now millions of us all doing it because of the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. God in us. Not just God with us side by side, but God in us. That's who the Holy Spirit is. His presence and his power inside us. No longer separated by a curtain. No longer separated just because if Pete was Jesus and I was a disciple, not just because the presence is there, but it's now in me. And that's what happens when we are saved, when we give our lives to Jesus. Not only does he wipe away our past, not only does he cut it off when we're baptized, but he fills us with his Holy Spirit. It's the most amazing thing. The disciples knew Jesus on the outside of them, but the church knows him on the inside and the church is God's master plan millions of disciples all across the earth who live a life filled with Christ and the person the Holy Spirit who do even greater things than Jesus Jesus is coming back he makes that very clear but he's coming back for a people, a church, God's people who are made more and more like him, more and more in his likeness. 
everything that sin did to destroy that relationship has been repaired and renewed by Jesus. And he's coming back for us who look just like him. Just like him. So Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in me. That's what that means. (laughs) It's a long-winded way of telling you. That's what Christ in you means. It's God himself. The God from the beginning. The God whose presence was once separated. The God who's now inside of us because we ask him to come into our lives. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory that brings God's presence. We can know his closeness in our lives. We can know him intimately as a friend, as a helper, as a comforter, as a counsellor. We can know God's purpose. We can know what our future looks like. That's a really big thing right now. What does the future hold? We can know what the future holds because God gives us his purpose. Discover who he's created us to be, our gifts and talents, the things that he's given to us. Christ in you brings God's provision. We can know his amazing supernatural provision because he cares for us. He cares for you. He really cares for you. He wants to make sure we've got all that we need. Christ in you brings God's peace. Does anybody feel like they need peace? Struggling with things like anxieties and worries. Not sure what the tomorrow is going to bring. It says in the Bible so often, God says, peace be with you. (laughs) Or have peace, don't be afraid. You read it all through the Bible, don't be afraid. I think God knows that we need peace sometimes. And Christ in you brings God's power. It's a power to live your new life, a power to be set free, power that comes from the person of the Holy Spirit, the breathed life of God, filling every part of us and empowering us to live each day in its fullness. Um, You can know these things today. We can all know these things today. Whether you've given your life to Jesus or not, if you have, you can know more of this. You can know more of his presence, his purpose, his peace, his provision, his power. If you've never made a decision to give your life to Jesus, you can do that today. And in a minute, I'm going to pray a simple prayer. And if you would like to, you can pray that with me, okay? But this is the thing. Christ in you, the hope of glory, is a promise for every single person. Every single person. It doesn't matter what you've done in your life that you don't like to show people. It doesn't matter. God's promise for you is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Okay? Um, We have all sinned and none of us are perfect. I am not perfect. And we all deserve a death penalty. That's what sin brought, a death penalty. That's what we all deserve. But the good news of the gospel is that Jesus came to take away our old lives, to bury them with him. And he came to live in us so that we might be transformed into new people. A new birth, that's what it means to be born again, and a brand new start raised to life. Okay? To finish, Acts 2.38 says this, Peter replied, each of you, and this is everybody now, each of us, must repent of our sins, repent of doing things our way, not choosing God's best for our lives, and turn to God 
and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins, then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So my question to us all is, will we choose to follow him today? Remember, it's a choice. God gave us a choice to make. Will we choose to follow him? Will we choose paradise, Eden, the things that he planned for us, his glory? Will we choose that today? And will we receive the gift of forgiveness and the gift of the Holy Spirit, who is Christ in us, the hope of glory? So what I'd like us to do, I want to, I want to give you, I'm going to give us all the opportunity to do that. And to make this really easy and not scary for anybody, I'm going to ask us if we'll shut our eyes. Because, you know, if you play like a hide and seek with a child and they think they're hiding, but really all they're doing is they're like shutting their eyes because <laughs> they can't see anyone else, so they're hurting. Well, that's what we're going to do. So we're, gonna sh- we're not going to play hide and seek. But I want us to, to just close our eyes. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray a really simple prayer. It's not clever, complicated language. It's just simple language. And... Um, It would be good for us all to pray this. But if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus and you would like to do that for the first time today, this is your chance, okay? I'm going to say something and we're going to kind of like repeat it together. And this is your chance, if you would like, to give your life to Jesus, to say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I want you to take away all the bad stuff. Bury it, please. And I want to choose your best for my life, okay? Um, If you have already made that decision, Let's pray this together because what this prayer says is I'm committed to you, God, for the rest of my life. And we can all do that. So if you would, and, um, and if you mean it, if you would say this after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you that you love me with all of your heart. So much so that you came to die for me so that I could have a relationship with you forever. I thank you that you've made a way for me to come back to you and to enter into a life that is full of excitement, power and purpose. I'm sorry for the bad things I've done and I want you to take them all away from me. I believe you have the power to set me free. I give it all to you now and I ask you for forgiveness. Please, Lord Jesus, be the leader in my life. I want to follow you now and I want to be led by your Holy Spirit and I want to discover the plans and purpose you have for my life. Amen. I want to encourage you, God's plan for your life, God, Christ in you, the hope of glory, is you experience his presence, his power, his provision, his peace, and his purpose. Yeah, forgetting my own alliteration. (laughs) 
His presence, His power, His peace, His provision, His purpose. He has that for all of us today, particularly peace. If you feel like you need peace today, then you can receive it. And um, I don't know what's going to happen. I know we're about to baptize people. I'm going to put my trunks on. I'm going to hand over to Phil. But um, it'd be really great for those that need peace. This is a good opportunity now to just ask for the Holy Spirit to give that to us. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.